Welcome to the Vanderbilt University Medical Center's Faculty Forum with your host, Matt Warhoover. Hello and good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to PerfWeb 81, day number two. And uh, I'm your host, Joe Basha. Uh, before I introduce our faculty today, I want to go over real quickly how to contact us. Uh, you can go to contact at perfusioneducation.com. If you'd like to call in and be a part of the program, our call-in number is displayed there, and you'll see it throughout the show on the scroll bar that you're going to see pop up here, right here, that has all of the relevant information. You can see it about YouTube and FaceTime and LinkedIn and Twitter and all of that kind of stuff. So you're welcome to go to any of those places, reach out to us, and uh, be a part of the program in uh, whatever way you like. I do want to point out our MediWeb app is uh, really getting sold, is selling very well. We're really happy with it. We've done a couple of updates. Um, it's a, a perfusion and clinical uh, uh, critical care uh, application for perfusionists, ECMO specialists, critical care docs. It's got a lot of really good stuff in it. It's really good for getting your cases started in the morning. So it's got a perfusion quick calc in it and uh, you can get all your information from there. You can find it on the uh, app, uh, iTunes store or you can find it or the Apple store, whatever it's called. And you can also find it on the um, Google Play store, right? And then um, let's see, PerfWeb Podcast. You can go to your favorite streaming software, uh, whatever it may be and uh, you can stream us. Uh, I know we're on pretty, virtually every one of the, uh, of the uh, uh, streaming uh, platforms that exist. So you're very welcome to do that as well. Um, and I just wanna thank everybody for coming on. I've, I, I had some really interesting conversations today. I'll get into it more with our faculty uh, and it's germane to ECMO. I talked to a colleague up in uh, Toledo, Ohio uh, that's a part of our system and does a lot of different stuff. So uh, let's go ahead and bring in our uh, our faculty if we can. And uh, welcome, uh, welcome, Joey. It's good to see you. The uh, I don't know if it's possible to to turn yourself a little bit so you don't have that bright uh, 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 thing right behind you. I think you need to get it out of your view. No, yeah, there you go. That makes you look so much, yeah, that's a lot better. And then move yourself to the right. That's perfect, dude. Okay, so I'd like right. to introduce uh, Anthony Joey Lapore. He goes by Joey. Uh, he's a uh, perfusionist. Um, and you have a master's in healthcare administration, is it? What is, uh, what is your, other, uh, your other degree? Yeah, it's similar. It's a, it's a master's in healthcare management. Healthcare so. management, that's right. And you're originally from Birmingham. Uh, you uh, have a bachelor's actually also in respiratory therapy from, U from the University of uh, Alabama, Birmingham. So that's UAB. Uh, you worked down there as uh, RT before going to perfusion school at Vanderbilt. You're graduated and where you're coming from now uh you uh graduated in 2017 so now you're talking about what five years uh doing this i'd be interested to hear your perspective on what it's been like those five years especially since two of them were covid um i'm sure that really and you you work at a place that does some incredibly uh, uh, uh advanced stuff you know stuff that actually 
frightens me a little bit, and I've been doing this a long time, but you guys really, really stretch the limits, I think, of technology, and I find a lot of your stuff fascinating, and to feel like we, I, I learn a lot from you, so I, I, I'm confident our, our listeners uh, and viewers uh, learn a lot as well. Um, so you've been working there at Vanderbilt for the last, uh, I guess, since you uh, graduated in 2017 or 2018, um, and uh, you're a part of the NRP Heart Procurement uh, Program, and you obtained a master's in, of course, uh, management, as you said, healthcare management from Vanderbilt's School of Business. So you actually, you've done a lot with Vanderbilt. You did a lot with UAB, you did a lot with Vanderbilt, both very well-known and storied places. But somehow, to you know, make sure that we don't, we continue with the regular theme, which is to be a bit irreverent, you apparently got hoodwinked because Matt was planning on being here, and somehow this ended up falling into your lap. I'm not exactly sure how that happened. Uh, maybe you could explain it to us. And then I know you're going to be talking about the uh, Spectrum ECMO, and uh, ECMO is still a very big hot-button topic, and uh, I'm really interested to see what this device looks like because uh, uh, just very quickly, you know, we, we've been using the Levanova, uh, you know, that uh, three, that, that uh, uh, I guess it was the SCPC trolley, and very happy with it yeah. because it was somewhat mobile. You know, you could take it apart, put it on the patient's bed, transport with the patient. It was a single platform, bring it back, put it back on the trolley, move it around, walk the patient, go to CT. There were so many different things you could do with it, and they stopped making it because they bought Tandem, and or cardiac assist or whatever you want to call it and they're trying to they don't they don't want to have their own device to compete against what they spent however number of billions of dollars for the company and i just think it's a big mistake and frankly i'm really excited about this presentation today because i'm kind of in a quandary about what platform to use when the SCPCs are no longer serviceable. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to hear about this. But it, first, tell us how Matt talked you into doing this today. And, but, but thank you very much for doing it. I really appreciate We really appreciate you. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's Is he sleeping? Is he on the golf course? Is he no, on vacation so. drinking, drinking, drinking uh, vodka, sours, and, and smoking cigars? Well, he's he's definitely more of a uh, a bourbon, you know, whiskey kind of guy. But he may be. He actually had to fly home uh, to St. Louis to uh, attend to some family matters. Oh God! And I hope that, everything's okay. Yeah, no, it looks like everything is fine. Uh, oh, thank thankfully. God. And uh, yeah, so I, I, he just had to ask him. I'm happy to do it. This is a topic that um, I, I know just a little bit about uh, because I've kind of been our point person for the installation here at Vanderbilt. Um, now I'll, I'll discuss some more stuff in, in detail and I'll, I'll do the best I can to try to explain uh, from a perfusionist perspective, mostly because I, I don't work for, for Spectrum. Um, it's just our, our newest uh, toy we have in house and uh, I thought it was interesting. So I kind of jumped on it and 
you know, I've been working hand in hand with the reps and, and the, uh, the IT people. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm happy to, to discuss in, in details as, as best I can. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. And if you talk to Matt, please send him my well wishes, okay? I mean, I was joking. Yeah. And, of course, I probably should have thought about that before I joke. joking. I'm, I'm glad everything was okay and you didn't tell me somebody in his family had passed. I would have really felt horrible at that point in time. But I'm glad everything is going to work out okay. And just send him my, uh, my well wishes, if you would, please. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Okay. Floor is yours. All right. I have to talk, talk about a new technology in the realm of ECMO and uh, specifically the uh, spectrum medical, they call it the quantum uh, ECMO system. So you'll, you'll see a lot of me refer to it as quantum versus spectrum. So um, with that, let's, uh, let's go to the next slide. So just a quick disclosure, I, I work for Vanderbilt University Medical Center here in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I do not receive any compensation from Spectrum. Uh, this is just a, you know, my, my personal opinion, opinions from, you know, colleagues that I've spoken with and gotten feedback and, uh, you know, some of the uh, ECMO team, you know, in, in the ICU. So, um, yeah, next slide. All right, so here we've got um, some familiar platforms, uh, all of these which that we still currently use except for the Rotaflow. The Rotaflow is actually when I started, that was uh, used sparingly, uh, mostly for um, AngioVax um, here at Vanderbilt. Um, but primarily when I started five years ago, our entire fleet of ECMO was the SCPC that you were talking about, Joe, and uh, that was our workforce. And, and as our program grew, um, we knew at some point, you know, they were gonna reach end of, end of life and, and not be serviceable. And so we had to start thinking about what we were gonna do. And um, we had, you know, Centromags, you know, we just have a couple of them. Uh, they weren't our primary ECMO platform. We used them more for heart failure, um, you know, we did start using them more recently with COVID. Uh, they, they were being used for ECMO. But uh, getting back to for end of life uh, for the SCPC, uh, we bought some cardio helps, and you know, due to their um, maneuverability, you know, they're, they're easy to transport. And then we were finding a lot of outside hospitals, you know, had them. So it was easy to switch out patients rather than having to switch to an entire different platform. You know, you had uh, you know, just you know, switch over, you know, different pump head, you know, everything. So it was, it made complications go way down. It was just easy, click in, click out, and we were on our way. If you know the patient was on a cardio help, and then if we had to go out and uh, cannulate in the field, again, the cardio help was you know was a little bit easier than using the SEPC. Now I know you were talking about the trolley, which is you know we have all uh, we have seven SEPCs currently. Not all of them are in use uh, because uh, some of the parts have kind of worn out and, like you said, not repairable. So I think we have five that we have um, active. Uh, but um, you know, the, the like I was saying, the, the cardio help was nice. The SCPC, it's a bit heavy. You know, I, I don't know if you picking that thing up, you know, over and over, trying to put it in an ambulance, put it in a plane. 
you know, it's, it's, it's not exactly, um, you know, good for your back. Um, you know, and, and there's, you know, some of our staff, no offense. I mean, you know, like it would be physically, you know, daunting to, to pick that up and move it around. Um, funny story. We, we actually had our, um, machinist here at Vanderbilt, they had to fabricate a, uh, a big like metal bucket, you know, and so I could hang on the side of the stretcher. And that's what we sat the uh, SEPC in because the life flight crew, their stretchers are pretty thin. You can't put a whole lot of uh, extra stuff other than the patient on it. Using to, to transport. It's just hard to try to hold it up over your head while you're loading the patient into the plane. And so, yeah, we, we knew when we started getting busier with outside hospital transports that we would have to find something that was uh, you know, a little bit easier on us. And so we did purchase some, some cardio helps, knowing that that wasn't the end all be all. We still had to replace an entire fleet of expiring ECMO machines. So uh, we'll go to the next slide. All right, so here we have the uh, the new kid in town, which is you know coming from Spectrum Medical. They've got uh, headquarters here in uh, South Carolina, so it's it's pretty close to us. Um, you know the the rep we actually have one that lives in Nashville, so that has actually been very nice for us, at least. Um, you know she she's here and in our children's hospital. You know doing installation troubleshooting or whatever the case may be you know, it, it, it's easy to get a hold of her and, and so that aspect is really nice um, they're also used in Europe you know their their warehouse that they do all their manufacturing is, is in uh, is in Italy so um, if, if you know people do order some spectrum equipment like cars or whatever that's where it's going to come from you know you always run the risk of um, delays and things like that you know again, little side bit here we actually had to uh, delay our installation for almost two weeks because they were held up in in customs so that was that was interesting i never thought about that you know uh, you have machines come over and then they're held up and you know you're wondering where they are and you have to track them down and so that was that was a fun story um my first experience with spectrum was when i was a student uh, i was uh, out in kansas city at st luke's and um, they had the spectrum, uh, like their EMR system, it's called Viper. Yes. And uh, using it, I just thought to myself, I was like, this is so intuitive. It, it's easy. There's no paper charting. Like everything is timestamped when you hit a button. You know, everything you need is just right there at your fingertips, right in front of you. And I just thought, why wouldn't anybody want to chart this easily? I mean, you can focus on the patient. If you need to record a drug you gave, tap a button, you're done. It records it, timestamps. It even, if you want, include it in your um, your volume management. Like so, you know, I, I know like uh, if you give 10,000 units of heparin, it's 10 cc, not that much, but it adds it up over time of all the medications you give, any fluids, I mean, all that stuff. It keeps up for you and then tallies it up at the end. It, it, you know, I'll talk about that more later, but um, yeah, I mean, I just thought to myself, oh, this is this is great. I felt spoiled, you know, for for about eight weeks when I, you know, was a student out there, and, and we came back here to Vanderbilt, and and um, you know, the the charting that we had was less than stellar. Uh, it was, you know, it was cumbersome. 
you're having to go up and down like on a uh, you know on a flow sheet you know and find out you know you have to click into where you want to chart type it out and, and it takes away from what's really most important and that's patient care and um I, I think that's kind of how we got into this spectrum medical stuff um you know we, we expressed that to to legal safety and, and just you know said hey look you know, our, our anesthesia team has all this stuff that's capturing data for them, you know, minute by minute without having to do much. Can we look into this? And, and you know, thankfully they did and, and it worked out and we got talks started and it took about two or three years, but we, we finally got the ball rolling. You know, it started with the OR where we have some heart lung machines from Spectrum and, and their workstations that go on our, all of our systems. Um, but then we got, then we rolled in ECMO uh, about six months later, and, and I'll talk more about that. But um, again, just having everything right there in front of you, it's it's pretty nice. So uh, we'll go to the next slide. So in in this as uh, in discussion, talk about uh, what we use uh, as part of the quantum system. Um, I'll. I'll make reference to you know some of the stuff that we use in the OR because it, it kind of translates it, it it's it's nice um, they work hand in hand like ECMO and, and the OR so they've kind of developed this technology that encompasses you know everything and um, you know let's just say you know theoretically somebody just had unlimited pocketbook and could buy everything if they went and bought everything from Spectrum you know, you, you could have everything in the OR, your, all your IC stuff, and, you know, it, it communicates. It's all on a server. You know, it's all done via the cloud, you know, or whatever. It, it's, they install that stuff as well. So, I mean, they're, they're not just a hardware, you know, perfusion supply, you know, an equipment company. I mean, they do a lot of software and, and IT stuff as well. If I'm not mistaken, that's actually their bread and butter. That's where they started, you know, years ago before they released you know, the, the quantum stuff, it was, they did a lot of software things. And so now they've taken that, what they've perfected in software and are adding it to, you know, medical supplies. And, you know, that they've got some good products, you know, and I, I do compliment a lot of stuff they do. And, and there is some faults to it just because um, it's healthcare stuff. So, there, there are some things that they are working on and, and think, you know, stuff like that. So we'll, uh, we'll go to the next slide and, and get the topic started. All right. So Joe, you're wanting to know what it looked like here. You've got on the bottom, you've got the, uh, the 12 inch workstation elite is what they call it. It's all touchscreen. Um, you know, every, everything you need is, is right there. It's outfitted with, um, you know, flow probe, which, you know, we monitor, um, you know, post, or actually we do it pre-oxygenator, post-cone, uh, because it, it doubles as a bubble detector. Uh, you can put the two flow probes on the monitor if you want it. Um, it also comes with an arterial venous um, SAP monitor, and then the arterial one also measures hematocrit. Um, the, the QDM, is called the uh, the quantum diagnostic module. That's essentially, it's not a ventilator, but you you run your sweep gas through that, and that records your, your the, how much sweep you're on, the FiO2, the estimated PO2, 
uh, and, the, and then you have a, uh, an analyzer that you can hook up to the exhaust of the oxygenator, and that kind of gives you, you know, your, your CO2 as well, the exhaust wow. CO2. So you're basically, yeah, so, you're basically measuring end tidal CO2. Correct. Um, let's see here. You've, we've got, uh, into the, and above that is the integrated pump head, or they, they call it the CP22. Uh, that name comes from the small priming volume of 22 mLs. They also, and we, we don't have this, but they also offer a, uh, I think it's a four inch roller head that you can hook up uh, to this monitor as well. And what's cool is if you wanted to have a, um, a centrifugal pump and a roller head, you can run both simultaneously from this monitor. And, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that, um, you know, throughout referring to ECMO and, and COVID, but at, at some point, some of our patients required two circuits and before we rolled out Spectrum, we actually had either two SCPCs in the room, you know, uh, draining from, from each uh, you know, fem vein and returning into a wide, you know, IJ or something like that. Or we had a, um, we would have a, a, an SCPC and a cardio hub or whatever we, whatever we had available really is, is what we were using maybe because like all, almost all of our circuits were, 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 were being used constantly. We did that too. We had two SCPCs running on one patient. I've done that a, yeah, yeah, a few mean, times. Yeah, and so it, it, was, it's not, it wasn't uncommon for us, you know, uh, to have what we refer to as a butterfly model. Mm -hmm. initially, initially, we would drain from the right and return to the right, and then the other circuit would drain from the left and return to the left. You know, it, it kind of figuring a, a butterflies that's why we call it that but um yeah so the 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 quantum we rolled that out initially just just we just use it as a basic pump we, we didn't really dive into all the informatics and technology they have we just just we had seven of them that's what we bought and we rolled those out and what was cool is if we did have a patient that required a butterfly this can run two pumps on one on one monitor, and so um, I think I have some uh, pictures of the monitor later. But you can control flows from from the same screen, and it controls two different pump heads, similar to the to the Centromag, where you can run you know uh, uh, an LVAD and an RVAD. It's two different consoles, um, you know, and and. But this just, you know, it has it all in one monitor. So it was nice to have that. We can roll one, you know, console in the room and, you know, basically run two pumps at the same time. That's impressive. Um, let's see, our, our, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is really nice, um, you know, it, it, with that. I mean, yeah, there, there's complications with everything, um, and, and I'll talk more about those later. But just, just to kind of get back to what I was talking about, you know, our system is not fully loaded as, as, you know, all the equipment is cheap, you know, not, not cheap. Um, you know, we, if you have any questions about what, what disposables we use, I'm, I'm happy to answer that, but I'll, you know, I'll talk more about the, uh, quantum stuff. If, if you can see in the picture, and I know it's kind of small, I apologize. Um, at the top there, you'll see several small boxes. That's what they refer to as the gauge bar. And that has all your physiologic indices up there. Um, it's customizable. 
it's is you know so it's not preset you can only have whatever you can have almost and they have you know a huge list of like what you want to monitor what you want to see on the monitor and so you can put whatever you want up there um you know so so you can read things like you can have the rpms and the flows and then next to it you can have your sweep in your FiO2, and then you can have your um, calculated PO2 and, and your CO2 and DO2I, and this thing has like a, um, I forget what they call it, equation app or something like that, or um, uh, I forget what it's called, formula editor, and uh, you, they've got formulas, and if you're recording those, you know, values, it can calculate out, you know, something that you want, if you want to like DO2 under the curve or something like that, I mean, it can, we can go way deep into this about everything that they have available. Uh, but you know, in the beginning, we kept ours just real simple. And then here in the last few weeks, we've kind of integrated. Everything is online. And, and we're, we're now we're kind of getting our feet wet with some more of the sophisticated things. And, and it's been enlightening. It's been you know pretty cool. Um, it, it, it's, it's a nice, pretty cool little machine. That, you know, and I'll talk more about that later. Um, let's see here. Let's see. You know, if you if you wanted to put two flow probes on there, it can calculate your shunts or whatever. Um, you know, that gauge always viewable. It's all at the top. So even if you go to those different tabs, like you see those white tabs on the left hand side. Yes. You know, you can look at uh, vitals that show you like a waveform of different things. Go into a toolbox. Uh, so basically that screen you see there, it goes away and it goes into a different tab, but all your values that you want are still at the top. So you always see them. So even if somebody came to the room, changed the tab and walked away, you know, you may not see the big speed dial up there, but you can still see, you know, your flows and RPMs up at the top. And, you know, you just go back and go back to this main screen. Um, there on the right hand side of that screen you can see uh, an animation like a little figure that's what they refer to as their cannula man it essentially has a display of where you are cannulated and you know it lists out the size and so it's just those are nice little features that if someone were to walk up not knowing anything about the patient you could see a location of cannulas what size they are if the pump is running you know, and then all the, uh, you know, the, uh, the values up there at the top of the gauge bar. You know, it's, it's just like a screenshot of what's going on with the patient right there. And, and, and so it's pretty cool. And it also has um, like a, a CDI tech, you know, the familiar or similar technology to the CDI from Terumo. You can, um, you can capture, like you capture the, the values at that moment. You can pull a gas from the oxygen editor or whatever run it, get your values, and then you can sync it. And when you sync it, you put in your, your values that you got from your blood gas machine, and then it updates it. And so then you have more accurate, you know, value up there in the gauge bar or, you know, wherever you want to put it. And therefore, uh, you know, that, that technology is, is pretty cool for ECMO. I mean, um, that's something that we didn't have unless you hooked up a CDI to the SCPC or whatever. So um, it, it, it's kind of grabbing all this technology from, from that we use and putting it into one machine. And we'll go to the next slide. All right, so uh, here, I'm gonna start talking about informatics. It, 
I will do my best. I, I'm not an IT person. I've learned quite a bit over the last few months being on conference calls with, with between Spectrum's IT and our IT and, and them asking us clinical questions and listening to them talk. And it, it can get pretty in-depth um, if you're not familiar with, with um, you know, Viper and stuff like that. So I, I'll do my best. And if you want to stop me and ask questions, please feel free because, you know, there's just some things that it's still t today, like they get over my head. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best, Joe. All right, so we'll go to the next slide. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Davey, if you want to go back. So, I, you know, I'll, I'll get into what, what that is next. We'll stay here and talk about the informatics. So, again, Viper is what Spectrum, that's their, that's their EMR software, like their electronic medical record. And then there's something called Vision, which is their uh, data collection software. So I'll, I'll talk about each of those kind of independently. Uh, I feel like this is where you get the most bang for your buck, is the data collection in, in, in the EMR. Um, I'll probably leave out some information just because there's, there's a ton of stuff you can do. But um, as far as ECMO, it, it's pretty nice, but it's really useful in the OR. Um, I think the best way to phrase it is it gives you the ability to capture in real time, you know, real time data, everything in the room, and it's all in one place, you know, and, and so that's that's nice. I mean, if you wanted to, like, if you're in the OR, aside from looking up and seeing what's going on in the field, if you just wanted to watch the monitor, you see everything in real time. Your, you know, your, your flows, ABGs, everything is just it's just updating in real time. So. You got quiet on me. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Did I get quiet? No, you're fine. Oh, good. I'm sorry. Yeah, I went, went quiet. I can hear you. Okay. So, um, you know, obviously you want to, you know, watch your reservoir and, and patient. That's all goes without saying. But I just want to, you know, stress that, like, the amount of stuff that's on these monitors is, is almost mind-boggling. You know, it's a little much at times. So I'm, I'm glad right now we've kind of simplified it, but I'm sure we'll ramp it up over time. Mm -hmm. um, I love the this, idea, this, you know, and I know yeah, that, I mean, it, you know, I know Viper. I remember I remember seeing that when it was very first coming out. Of course, I was I was very opposed to uh, uh, electronic charting. You know, I'm, I'm I'm old school. I like to, you know, I like to jot things down you can't read my writing I, if anybody asks yeah, me what I'll it says the, yeah i'll refer to the the old school mentality here in a little bit so <laughs> I, I i i don't want to you know offend anybody but yeah i mean we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it later uh, but i i agree i mean there is something nice about having a pen and paper and writing it down I, you know i i absolutely agree but if you just kind of you know open up and, and and engage this, I mean, it, it makes your life so much easier. I mean, it it does everything for you. I mean, and then you can truly focus on on the patient and, and running a good case. I mean, yeah, know, I uh, think I'm becoming a convert, frankly. So yes, I that what I like about the chart is that I'm comfortable with it. But yeah, I think no, I, that I understand. For knowing what we do, 
And this was something that was a talk that was given uh, in Colorado so many, some years, I mean, it's been quite a few years. And it was, uh, I can't remember the fellow's name that gave the talk, but it was very good. And it had to do with that ability to query all of the data from all of your cases that everyone does and, you know, computate it all so that you could, you could, you could, you could see what any individual, you could, you know, you could filter it. And so you knew blood transfusion rate, you knew uh, ultrafiltration I'm volume. I'm going to stop you right there, Joe. You're, you're getting into my presentation, man. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, I'll stop. No, okay. that's, that's all right. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll get there, but you're, no, you're exact. You're exact let me, let me right. turn my mic off. I'll turn, if I turn my mic off, I can't say anything, but I just get real quiet. No, it's okay. okay. It's okay. Uh, so with, with this Viper, you know, the EMR software in the monitor and all that stuff, you know, and I don't know the difference between, you know, a little bit between hardware and software, but if I misprint, you know, misspeak, I apologize, but if any, if any other third-party machine outputs data, the monitor, you, 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 it can, it can pull that information, and you know that. So, for instance, we have information that's pulled from our um, OR, or not OR, but our ICU monitors, you know, in the patient's room. So we have, you know, all blood pressure, you know, EKG, um, whatever else they're monitoring, but also. There, there are Philips monitors in the ICU data from the ventilators, and then that then trans, you know, transfers data to our monitor on our on our quantum. So now we have, you know, um, minute ventilation values. You know, whatever we want to pick out. I mean, there, whatever the vent offers, we could, you know, display that and record it if we wanted to. And that's just, you know, one of those things where. That's getting really in depth, and 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 that's something that I'm sure we'll get into, you know, as we, uh, you know, grow with the, become more mature with the, with the quantum system. Uh, like I said, we've been using it just as a pump for for a little while now, and we're comfortable with that. But now we're adding on top all this, you know, technology stuff, and and that's you know we're kind of you know a month or two into that, and so we're still learning a lot about what it has to offer, what we want. Or, you know, it, I'm sure it'll change our, our standard of practice for a lot of things, and, and I'll talk about that too. But yeah, I mean, it, it's it's very nice, um, and, and, and it, it can it pulls uh, labs as well. So you've got your ABGs, uh, platelet, fibrinogen, you know, whatever lab you want recorded, you know, on on that you know record, uh, you know, it it can do that. Um, you know, so whatever whatever you output, it has the ability to 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 hold on to that and have it in the patient record, everything all in one place. Um, as far as like the charting in in Epic, uh, our nurses are still charting. You know, um, how often they do it, like all the ECMO values. But here, the ultimate goal, and it, it will be feasible, is. Um, Quantum or Viper will be able to output data and communicate to Epic into a flow sheet. Time and so if you just wanted to have a chart in Epic like every hour, 
Viper would do that. You have your, you know, your hourly input in, in Epic, it, you know, and you're done. So then again, it takes away from some of that, you know, uh, charting aspect that you have to do. You know, that I mean, it is important because that's that's where research and, and data comes from. But um, it, it 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 now make it frees up a body. It frees up time for for that nurse or perfusionist or whoever to now spend time with the patient versus you know having to stop and go and chart and make sure their charting's correct and all that stuff yeah so and that's the thing you know that's all about you know it is all about the documentation and i i know that i see this sounds a lot more seamless because i see nurses with the epic and they're pointing and clicking and i've got to get this done i got to get this done and clicking yeah. and, and doing all of that stuff and uh i don't really I, I find it more distracting than I, of course, they have the cows, you know, in the room with the patient. So they're there with the patient while they're doing all of this. But it, uh, it's a lot of pointing and clicking. And it's almost like checking the boxes as opposed to really managing the patient. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. I mean, you know, you, you always um, you run into nurses just you know, hanging out in the unit or whatever. And like, well, I got to catch up on my charting. You know, and, it, and it's, you know, they're sitting there and it would be nice to have, you know, something that's automated. You know, I mean, we're 2022, you know, you would think, you know, it could capture the data and record it for you. And, and I think it's just the, the communication between technologies that, you know, I'm, I mean, it may be out there. It probably costs a fortune, you know, uh, save a whole lot of money and just have someone manually do it i get it but um you know I, it may be a point it's you know that we come across where it becomes a patient safety issue who knows i mean i i, I don't claim to 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 be a nurse i've never been a nurse. you know I, i've been an rt where we had a cow we walked you know we rolled around room to room charted vitals and stuff like that while we were given medications i mean it's time consuming it's not terrible but you just think you, you can make your time better spent doing something else. You, you could know? do a lot more. You could do a lot more treatments for more patients yeah. if you didn't have to. If you add up all the time you spend with all of that documentation, I'm sure it adds up to quite a bit of time. Amit from uh, up in Cleveland, he sent a message and it said it. It, it was. It, he's very complimentary. Said that uh, the uh, the system. Uh, collects a lot of information and uh, you can it, it displays it in a very elegant way that improves your practice is what his point was because apparently he's using it too yeah I'll, I'll talk about improving practice here in, in, in the next slide or so uh, I'm, I'm gonna hop away from the Viper the, the EMR portion and talk about what they call vision which is um, I said their their data collection software slash uh, server internet portion um, it, it's whatever you record so like whatever values you you, you want to record you know during a case or, or during an ECMO run in the background it, it saves it all and, and then when you're done with this case or done with the ECMO run and you send it off to the patient's chart it also sends it off to vision. And to, so you think. Who's it send it to? You skipped. Uh, 
Vision. Vision. That's the name of the software. Correct. The the cloud. Yeah. And and um, so that now you have this huge database that's accessible to you at any time. And what you can do with that is really cool. and I apologize if I mispronounced his name. You said a meat. If that was his name, yeah. I mean, you and what you alluded to earlier, you have a huge database of cases to run reports from, and you can run specific reports, whatever parameters you want. If you want to look at DO2I during this this case with this surgeon. You know, it'd be taboo, but you have those values and say, hey, um, we've done everything we can to maximize, you know, uh, our standard practice, We're still not reaching our desired, you know, DO2s during this case for you. Is there something that maybe you can change, a cannulation strike, maybe a bigger cannula or whatever? You have that data, you have the numbers, it's concrete evidence. It's hard to argue. I mean, and and you can use that for for annual reviews for for your staff or for your entire OR. You know, um, it, it records. You can set it up to start recording different uh, parameters at different points in the case based on you know timers that they have. So your parameters during just a, a regular CPB portion, not cross clamped could be different than when you are cross-clamped. So, you know, let's say you want to run a parameter of EKG cross-clamp times. You know, if you're, if you're out of range, like if you're outside the parameters, you, you know, you, you can run that report and you notice like, hey, your cross-clamp's on, you tend to have more rhythms in some, you know, than others. And, and, and information like that, you know, what I was taught was, it, it, it's it, it's eye-opening to people and when when you're paired against your peers and and you know not not like publicly shamed but if you bring somebody to the side and say hey look you are outside the the normal range let's try to get you back in it, it's not like a punitive you know um machine or anything like that it, it's there to change your practices for the better change you know, to have better outcomes. And so this, this database is nice that you can go back, you can report, you know, you have all this stuff reported, run your reports, and, you know, and, and all that stuff. And it, we're, we're still exploring, you know, that, that portion. Um, you know, we, we just went online with that. And, and so we don't have a whole lot of records to pull from right now. But uh, when the time comes, that is something that, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll definitely meet with our surgeons and, and our OR team and we'll say, hey, you know, um, these are our, our values for whatever. I mean, is there, you know, we can ask them if there's something they want to look at, you know, and it, and yeah. it helps. I mean, it's, it's research and, and that, I mean, that, that's where we make progression and, and, you know, make breakthroughs, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, what I'd like to know is, it, it, let's say you just take all of your patients, because I agree with you. It, it's not intended to be punitive, but I think some people are some people fear that. That's true, um, and I respect that that they do. But I, I think that if you were to say, let's say, uh, okay, let's get a list of every patient that has had AKI or acute renal failure, uh, and then list the ones that 
went on dialysis and then went back and looked to see how much hemodilution or how much uh, what their DO2Is were. And if there were lower DO2Is, you could document that and pair it to those patients who had renal injury or renal failure requiring dialysis, you can draw conclusions from that, I think. Yeah, and I, uh, I mean, if you, uh, sorry, I mean to cut you off, Joe. I mean, just talking about like the paper charting, you know, I mean, you'd have to manually calculate your, you know, your DO2, right. you know, at, at whatever point you wanted it's mean, a lot of work. I mean, it's, it's, it's really, it's arduous. And that's why I, I do see the, I do see tremendous value in this. I do want to ask you a quick question. If I can, Amit, uh, again, from up in Cleveland, uh, he was asking the, uh, the issue as far as he understands it is how to pick up the relevant data and then how to analyze it. His question specifically is, do you use Orum O-R-R-U-M, uh, or other programs to analyze the data and draw conclusions, or does this do it internally with its own programming? So, I mean, I probably have an unfortunate answer. We, we haven't gotten that in-depth into in our reports just yet. Because um, it's new for you still. It, it, well, the, the vision aspect. I mean, like the hardware portion, the hardware machines and the ECMO machines, Use them, like I said, just as what they are—a pump. Uh, the 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 technology portion, like the the vision, has just recently gone live, so we don't have a huge database of records of pulse, pulse and, and we haven't even the subject yet with um, some of our like uh, like our chief of surgery or anything like that, as like what they want to look at, what the you know and. And even us as a department about like what we're wanting to record. I think like as a baby project, our thing right now is to look at blood utilization. You know, on a on a very Still, small scale. Twenty years. You know? Twenty years. Twenty years. We've been talking about about transfusion <laughs> management and, and 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 transfusion reduction and blood management. I, I, in more yeah. than twenty years. It's amazing to me that we we still. It is still a hot button topic. It is a topic, it is like the never ending story uh, on uh, transfusion management and blood transfusion reduction. Still, that, that's the hospitals, it is such a button, hot button item for them, man. You talk about, I think we can reduce blood transfusions. Oh my God, everybody just, they'll do anything for you at that point in time. Right, I mean, we also want to compare it to um like D, you know, DO2 I values and, and you know, and, and I think ultimately in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, uh, what, what is a best trigger point for blood utilization? I mean, if, if you've maxed out your flows with, you know, the cannulas that you have and in, in, in positioning and everything is perfect, you still can't manage to reach a, an adequate DO2 that, you know, that you've set from, you know, with, with your team, you know, is that a trigger to, to give blood? Even if all other perfusion parameters are good, you know, good urine output, you know, good SVO2. I mean, all, there's all kinds of stuff that goes into it, Joe, as you know. But, I mean, here here you can run those reports and just say, you know, uh, patient didn't have AKI, you know, we didn't give any blood. But, you know, DO2 is still like, 
wasn't as high as we like, but you know, we didn't have any kidney injury because maybe all the other parameters were good. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know enough about it. We're just getting our feet wet. And I, I apologize to Amit. I, I can't answer that question. I don't know what Orum is. Uh, I'll look into it because I'm sure it'll come down the road for us. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm sure we'll, we'll run into some bumps in, in, in analyzing data and stuff like that. But yeah, we just haven't gotten quite that far yet. And this is obviously something Amit is really interested in because he also asks, and this is the last question, I'm gonna let you get on with your slides. Otherwise, we're gonna uh, keep no you worries. here. We're gonna keep you here all night. Um, he wants to know how you filter, if you do have trash data, how would you filter that? Or do you filter yeah, that, anything? Yeah, so that, that like again, we haven't, uh, I'm sorry, we haven't quite gotten that far, but it, it is on our mind. That is a topic that I'm talking about with uh, some of the reps. And not, not to brag, you know, I'm not bragging or anything. So I'm, I'm going up to uh, NYP here in the next few weeks. Going uh, where? Kind of do a felt, uh, New York Presbyterian. Oh, okay. To do it like a fellowship. So they've had this quantum, you know, stuff installed for quite some time, and I think they do a whole lot of, you know, uh, uh, data extraction and stuff like that. Uh, this is where uh, Dr. Baquetta came from, who who now uh, kind of runs our thoracic program. Um, and, and, and ECMO. So I'm going up there to kind of learn more about that feature. Um, and, and I'm hoping, I, you know, when I come back, I'll be able to help with that. So again, knowing how to throw out trash data, I don't know. I do have that to talk about a little bit later in, in the cons portion of, of all this. Because uh, there, there is, you know, just like paper charting, you could make up whatever values you want but you know let's be honest i mean if you look good you can make it look good i'm not saying you should do that but well i don't th- ever rec- i don't ever record a pressure of 30. i treat it and no, get I it mean, back to the number that i want it to be exactly exactly <laughs> come on but you know what, what, what nice about this is like it does like a minute by minute rec- uh, recording mm-hmm. you know of, of you know, real time and you can even shrink that down more it makes your files larger and involved down the system, which again is another con, but um, we just have ours like 15 minute stamps that, that when, when it spits a record out, that's what shows up on the patient's chart. But in the database, it has all that other information that may not show up on the patient chart. So um, yeah, as far as like figuring out how to throw out trash data, it's, it's a great question. It's something that you know we, we are working to figure out uh, and again, hopefully, I'll, I'll kind of learn more about that when I when I visit, uh, you know, NYP. So uh, I, I, it's something I'm looking forward to to you know to to bring back some of the the, the education to Vanderbilt. And I think that's where we'll start the the process of of growing our, our data collection and and uh, you know extrapolation and, and start talking about get you know topic of standard of practice changing, you know, and, and again, not just for us as perfusionists, but I mean, we could take this data to surgeons and, you know, that are very, you know, I know it's taboo and I, you know, and I hope I don't offend any, you know, if there, if there are any surgeons watching or perfusionists that are real close with them or whatever, I mean, they're very comfortable with what they do and, and that's great. I mean, that's how they become very proficient. You become, you know, a great surgeon by just repetition. And, but I mean, 
I feel like, you know, maybe they need larger cannulas sometimes, or maybe they don't. I mean, it's just changing the way they do their cross. I, I don't know. I mean, this, this can open Pandora's box and I, I don't want to get into all that, but. Well, I don't think um, that's in a bad way, but I do think, no, uh, yes, not, I do not, think there are some, I think there are some political sensitivities, but you know, I tell you, man, the surgeons today, uh, like you're, you know, I, I know you're losing Dr. Hoffman. He's moving to, to Denver, I believe. But um, uh, and that's going to be a big loss for y'all. He's just a fantastic guy. But I think the new surgeons today really view this so differently from the, you know, surgeons in the past that uh, 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 really, you know, just were unapproachable really in many, many ways. I think times have really changed and we work collaboratively and uh, we're all here to help each other. And I think surgeons can use this information uh, for their for the benefit of their patients, uh, you know, at the end of the day, and everybody wants the patient to do better. So, real quickly, we'll go back to your slides. Uh, Amit said, uh, "Personal thank you, great lecture. Thank you, Joey, and thanks for answering his questions." So, do you want to go ahead and and go on to your next slides and uh, and uh, move forward with this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll, I'll, I'll talk briefly about what is a uh, another cool aspect you know that they made things more interesting is remote monitoring and and also you know the best practices that i alluded to a little bit ago um you know I, we went through several months of, of planning you know with with it and you know and, and, and security and, and all the stuff that goes into it you know that that's another those you know cons that you kind of have to take on with new technology is, is kind of learning it, you know, you got to open your mind and, and accept the fact that, you know, things change and, and, and you know, except for time, time's going to keep going. So you just got to, you know, change with it a little bit. I'm not saying you have to do a 180, but, you know, adapt is, is really what I'm getting at. So I, that's what I did. I, you know, I kind of uh, adapted and knew that I, you know, uh, information technology was going to play a bigger role in, in kind of the way we're going. Um, not so much from like a patient care standpoint, but again, from the data collection, because uh, otherwise it, it's, it's you, a calculator and a pencil crunching numbers and, and you know, or finding another program to manually, you know, input that data, you know, you can, you can find, you know, ways to spend your time a little bit more efficiently. Um, you know, so we talked about uh, Viper and, and Vision. So now, I don't know if it's a software, but a feature that they call Live View. And um, they spell it L-I-V-E-V-U-E, -E, so Live View. Uh, and I guess it's, it's part of the Vision website or Vision link or whatever. So I don't know if it's wrapped up into that, but that's like another thing that you have to you know, do a little bit of training on and, and they launch for you. So here you can see any active cases going on. So like in the OR, we can pull up a monitor in our office. You know, uh, you can set up any way you want. Like all this stuff is customizable, but yeah, you can see any active cases going. And then on, a, you know, on a, another monitor, or you know whatever, um, you can have all your active ECMO cases going. It's re you know remotely monitor all those patients from you know from wherever you are. You can even do it on your phone. I mean you know 
it's it's pretty neat. Um, you know, it, it, I'm saying it's it's it comes with its you know uh, you know cons, but uh, anything that like has a a quantum monitor on it. So like if you have a third party, like we all of our S5s are outfitted with the quantum monitor. So it pulls all the data from the S5, pulls all the information from the room. And we can, you know, it's displayed on a monitor in our office so we can see all the cases, you know, all the timers. So you're, you know, how long you've been on, how long the cross has been on, if you're circa arrested, if you're rewarming, you know, you kind of see where somebody is in a case. Um, you know, so it's a pretty neat feature, and it does the same thing with ECMO. It records if somebody uh, uh, does something with, 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 like if you did PT with a patient and, and they logged that. So back to Amit's point, throwing out trash data, as long as it's recorded, you have it. You know, so if, if it's set up right from the beginning and, and everybody's trained well, and then does what they're supposed to and, re and records what they're doing, then you'll have that data. You know, but like if someone doesn't, go, someone goes up there to do PT with an ECMO patient and doesn't press the PT timer, you know, that I was there, I did PT, it doesn't record that PT session. So like if I want to run a report on, you know, this patient and how long they've been doing PT, well, that's missing data, I, you know, not much I could do about it. I mean, I, I could go back and timestamp it, but that I, that's a funny feeling. I don't like doing that. So, um, you know, again, you just, you have to count on, you know, an entire group of people being on the same page, which is hard to do. Um, you know, so I talked about our, our S5s being outfitted. Um, we, we could, if we wanted to hook up monitors to a cardio help or the SCPC. Uh, I don't think they're going to do that. I feel like they probably spend enough money, you know, here. I, I think until we start spitting out data and can have a, you know, uh, more leverage, they may, you know, start, you know, writing more checks. But as for now, I, I think they bought us seven ECMO systems, and I think we're, we're we're good for right now, especially with with, you know, I guess, COVID kind of slowing down, hopefully. And, you know, we don't have, you know, 20 something circuits being used at, you know, at once. So, uh, yeah, I don't want to see that happen again, Joey. Yeah. Ne neither do I. Um, yeah. I think I just talked to so, somebody about that. Yeah. So yeah, I spoke about live view and now application that they have. And, and this is where, you know, things can get kind of, you know, uh, really get your mind going. It, Trying to figure out the best way to phrase it, it can. What it does is it records data, and you know, at certain points in a case or a certain point in in the ECMO run. And so the best way for me to explain it is like, if you wanted to um, look at like your temperatures, you know, during rewarming. So like when you selected the rewarming, it would kick you into this level of best practices, and it will only record uh, patient temperatures. And if you got too hot, you know, for instance, um, it, it, you can turn the alerts off, you know, via the monitor, like the S5 will still alarm if you get too hot, but the value itself, like if, if you didn't want to see a flashing red button, you can turn that off, but it still records it. So if you ran 
that report and you looked at your best practices and you said, you know, this particular person rewarms a little too quick or too much. Or like you said, this person's DO2 is out of range on a regular basis. Like those are your best practices. What they're meant to be is to change your practices for the best. You know, I understand like you talked about it's an uncomfortable feeling. You feel like somebody's watching you. I understand, you know, you've done something for so long and, and it, you know, it, I get it, but like if you're doing the right thing, what are you worried about? You know, I mean, if you if, and, agree, and also like maybe maybe you're doing a great job, and people need to see that. You you need to be acknowledged for the great perfusion that you're being. Here's the proof. Here's some you know maybe some other people should model what they do. You know, um, and and. and I, I've learned a lot just in my short five years of being a perfusionist. You know, I spend time, even when I'm not doing the case, like watching my older perfusionists, my colleagues, kind of like what they do, you know? And so, you know, there's, there's things you can learn, you know, not just watching, but like, you know, when you see the numbers, like I said earlier, you know, it opens your eyes. It gets your mind going, you know, saying, hey, maybe I could change this or, you know, you know, you have the numbers instead of somebody telling you what to do, you got the numbers proving what you do. And, you know, oh, hey, I do a great job. I'm going to keep it up. Or maybe I need to step up my practice, you know, and change things a little bit. You know? mm -hmm. So, yeah, well, you know, you know it's, if it's, you... it's designed to make us better, similar to what registries do. You know, they collect all the data, you know, and then they break that down and they say, you know, the, the, the overall, um, national average on, on, on mortalities for cabbages or this, you know, you look at your hospitals and you're that, you know, say, hey, we there's things that we need to change. I mean, that that's all this is for. It's just, you know, just to kind of open your eyes and, and, and help you make some decisions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, if, if you look at, and I know the data is all over the map, but, you know, I mean, there aren't any of us that do everything perfect by any stretch and if you look at um we talked about renal failure rates range anywhere from you know five to fifteen percent depending on the complexity of the procedure and various other factors not all of them are due to perfusion related issues some of them could be embolic you know we don't know stroke rate kind of the same thing it can range anywhere from you know, half percent, one percent, three percent, up to ten percent, depending on complexity, depending on length of the procedure, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, you, you, it doesn't matter what you're talking, MI rates, you know, when myocardial protection and all of these things combined. We don't control the quality of the anastomoses, but we are contributors to the myocardial protection, significant contributors, uh, for the heart while they're doing the anastomosis. So you can have great myocardial protection and crappy grafts and have a bad outcome. You can have uh, 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 great grafts or, or whatever the inverse of that would be. I can't remember which I said first, but you know, great protection, bad grafts, no pro poor protection, great grafts, and the outcome is still the same. And, and, and on one individual case, you know, it's very hard to derive any information. But if you see trends over time with 
Delnito versus Plegisol versus uh, Microplegia versus whatever else. Um, there's so many things that, you know, Joey, at the end of the day, I have come to understand we simply don't know what is the best. We know what's really bad and right. we know what works, but the incremental changes that we can make to make a difference that is, a, you know, just enough to maybe affect one or two patients, but you have to do it across the entire, <laughs> you'll love this, in the entire spectrum of patients. <laughs> that was pretty, that was, that was clever. Um, you, you have to, uh, you have to have data to evaluate and distill down to something that is digestible and meaningful. So, you know, I get it. I, I get it. I think this is what we need to do. Um, it's the question is going to come up, and I, I'm assuming you have your next slides. Cost. Cost is yeah, a so, big, big, big obstacle. Yeah, so if you, if you want to go to the next slide, let's kind of wrap things up. You know, I, I'm a fan uh, of some of the things that, that the quantum system has to offer. You know, don't get me wrong. I, you know, I, I'm, I consider myself kind of in this, you know, mixed generation where, you know, I was raised, you know, hard work is, is very important, you know, and, and you put your boots on, you go to work, you grind it out, you know, but also I, I had the benefit of the technology, you know, boom, where I got to grow up and all that, you know, and, and have the ability to, to, you know, you know, I, I, you know, I, the iPhone wasn't out when I was a kid, but you know, I got to grow up with it, and so like, I got to grow with technology, but I also had the 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 mindset of, of you know, how how important hard work is, and, and not everything is, is easy, and you know, so you know, I, yeah, there's some great things that benefit me, you know, to to you know from Spectrum, you know, but it's not perfect, you know. So you I, I'll talk briefly about. Kind of some of the things that that aren't the best you know um you think about it what's the most important thing to administrators i mean you're asking me are you are you asking yeah. are you asking yeah. me um yeah well getting patients out of the hospital um having you know good outcomes uh, and being able to do it in a way that is as cost-effective as possible. That's what I would say that's Boom. what's important to them. Yeah, yeah. so so getting patients out of the hospital, decreasing length of stay, your outcomes being, you know, contributes to the length of stay, you improve them. All that contributes to the bottom line is money, you know, and, and if you could do something with one machine, and, you know, and it does in another machine does the exact opposite and it costs a fraction of the price, you know, it, it, it's common sense. You go with the cheaper option, you know, so it, it took, it took some work for us to kind of get this, you know, through, um, you know, fortunately we had some heavy hitters like, you know, Dr. Baquetta who came, you know, a spectrum, you know, using program, you know, that, that provided us some leverage and things like that. But, you know, not only any hospital wants to go out and spend millions of dollars when they can spend a couple thousand, you know, or a couple ten thousand or whatever. I, I get that. So that is one of the, you know, bigger cons of, of, of you know, the, the, the spectrum stuff. It, it's, it's 
it's expensive and um and it's not just the hardware you know all the software stuff and the installation you know that costs money and licensing agreements and, and, and all that stuff and mm -hmm. yeah you know, service fees and things i mean it, it it adds up you know can it, community it, hospitals really do that is this really designed more for your quaternary care facility like Vanderbilt is, or at least a tertiary care facility where you have high volume and you have, you know, a lot of things going on um, to justify the cost. A community-based hospital doing 300 hearts a year, 250 even, a, I mean, that's a good community, a big, big community hospital, busy community hospital, but they're doing blue plate specials by and large they're not doing transplants they're not doing uh uh what's what's that noise you okay oh i think it was oh. something vibrating on the phone I'm oh okay phone. it was freaking me out i thought it was here i was like what am i doing i'm sorry um no i apologize so you know you really have to take that into consideration is where does this technology go you know you look at for example elso and, and I need to ask you, we haven't even talked about, you know, I saw that they have a centrifugal pump, but what about oxygenator? What about tubing? What about, you know, those kinds of things? We haven't even talked about that. I don't even know if you're done with your slides. And so I'm, you know, I'm kind of <laughs> jumping the gun here. So I, I, I don't mean to, but I'm going to be respectful of your time too. Um, but nevertheless, you know, we're, we're confronted with this. You look at ELSO and they have a worldwide database that people send the information into and it gets put in in whatever matter whether they insert it input it in their into the server or they send it whatever the process is it is done it's not automated they have to rely on the information being inputted or input i'm sorry by whomever is going to do it but it's a worldwide database now in cabbage surgery, you know, or routine cabbage, routine valve surgery, um, uh, notwithstanding nothing's routine, but, you know, you're basically everyday community hospital type cases, um, you know, th that's important data. You know, we, we, heart surgery, we don't do 700 and something thousand hearts a year anymore. We do 180,000. So the number of cases being done contracted tremendously and if you're only going to capture the medical center type of places, you're missing out on really the larger volume of cases that are done. And you're making a big difference, but you're doing some really difficult, complex, sick patients. You know, in the community center, you, you, what we consider to be a sick patient is going to be what you would consider to be the dream patient. Are you kidding me? We get a patient that's this healthy today? Um, and that would be one of our sicker patients because what you manage there is so far removed from what anyone in my microcosm even thinks about having to do. And I think those yeah. are some, some harsh. Now, it doesn't mean you don't do chip shots. I know you do. But even your chip shots are probably the sicker of the patients that end up at Vanderbilt. Otherwise, they're going to get done in the, you know, whatever community hospital, ABC community hospital, where it's a lot more uh, patient-centric, friendly, family, you know, easy in, easy out kind of uh, scenario. At least that's what I think. What say you? Yeah. 
No, I mean, I, I understand. You're absolutely right. We're, you know, even, even if every, you know, tertiary big university, you know, research center, if everybody had this kind of technology and was, you know, uh, able to extrapolate data, yeah, you're right. You, we wouldn't be capturing, you know, smaller hospitals. And no, I don't think it would be cost beneficial, you know, it would you know, beneficial for those smaller hospitals to spend the money because, you know, like it's, I, I don't know what they would do with it. Um, you know, yeah, it benefits us because, you know, like you said, they are the sickest of the sick. I mean, they're, they're pretty bad. I mean, you know, and, and that helps us figure out, you know, better ways to take care of those, the, the sickest patients. And, and, but then we could also, learning from that, you know, hopefully, you know, that's community outreach is for, you know, help smaller hospitals. Like if they have questions or if they have needs to be able to teach them what we've learned with patients that are, you know, this level of, of sick, you know, if your patient's here, you know, th just do this or, or you know, or, or this is what we learned and see if this helps you. Um, you know, I, I, this isn't meant, I don't think it is. I mean, you know, I, I don't know if Spectrum would ever say this. It's not meant for, for every single you know, patient that goes on ECMO, um, you, you know, and, and I'll talk about it here in a second. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll talk about it now. I mean, it's just a pump. I mean, a pump is a pump. I mean, they, they all spin blood around. They all move blood, um, you know, and you could get into, you know, coatings and, you know, biocompatibility, and, and I, I'm not going to do all that. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's a machine that, that moves blood, puts it through an artificial, you know, lung, and, you know, and gets the patient through. And um, generally speaking, you know, the, the, the data collection and the, like that, I think that's where, you know, the, 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 the crystal ball is for, for Spectrum. Like that, that is like they're, they're gonna be their bread and butter. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, you talked about disposables, they have an oxygenator. They've got standalone heat exchangers. They've got do you have, do you have any pictures? Do you have any pictures of their oxygenator? Uh, I, uh, um, I don't in, think I in your slides in the slab because we don't use them. So I, I didn't okay. put it in here. But but I they mean, do. They have oxygen. But do they have? Do they? So do they have to hold packs to hold tubing packs, or just they have an they oxygenator offer, pump and you just have to build the circuit yourself? Yeah, they they don't offer the tubing packs um, right now. At least I don't think. I, um, I'm sure they would have brought it to our attention if they did. Um, we we are trialing their doing cannulas right They're, now. We just they, put our first one in. Yeah. So, so like I, the I Avalon say, and the Crescent. Correct. Yeah, their their first generation of it had some issue with the adhesion at at the Y, and so any, if it was soaked with an alcohol-based solution. It actually cracked and fell apart. Not not the cannula portion, but the molding that mm -hmm. held it together. So they have they have they have you know have a they have a new uh, version out now. We haven't had any issues with it yet. You know I can't speak for anywhere else, but uh, yeah, they were they were quick to pull ours off the shelf before we put one in and, and got us the new ones. Um, so again, I mean they're relatively new. I think with 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 the with the uh, sterile supplies, I don't know anything about their oxygenator. We don't have it. We don't, you know, um, 
I don't even know if it's FDA approved in the United States. It may be used in Europe. I, yeah, I can't say for certain because I don't have, you know, we haven't used it. We do have their integrated pump beds, although we haven't used them at that yet because we don't have the cables for it yet. Again, all their stuff is sold a la carte, which is another thing that, you know, puts a sour taste in your mouth. It's expensive. So now you got, now you got to buy, you know, seven more, you know, uh, cables, you know, to, to monitor, you know, inflow and outflow uh, of a centrifugal pump head. Uh, it'd be nice. I mean, don't get me wrong. It'd be a, a nice feature to have. And, and again, that would be displayed on the monitor. And, and then you, um, like we, we, we have the Nautilus smart oxygenators. So you use you the know, MC3s? Which, Correct. The, yes. Yeah, and that's that's a that, nice unit. That, I'd like to I'd like to try that. Yeah, and that, and that gives you your in and out and your delta P. You know, like we don't routinely monitor our our, our negative pressure anymore. I mean, um, you know, I, I know I know the CardioHelp has has that ability. You know, um, with the Soren SEPC, you have up to two pressures. I think you can monitor so. Then you got to be picky on what you want to do. And, and again, I, I'm not here to tell people how, how to run their circuits or whatever. I'm just giving you our perspective on the spectrum stuff. There's a lot it can do. I don't think you have to do everything. You know, mm -hmm. um, you know. I think at the end of the day, I mean, you know, there's only so much that that you can use to to treat the patient. And, and you know, ha having an unlimited amount of data can also hurt them. Some, uh, burdensome so again as part of the the on my cons of this is there's that much more stuff now that we have to become familiar with and you know um, I talked about age earlier Joe and, and, and this is not offense to anybody I, you know I, half of our department is over the age of, of over the age of 50 and two-thirds is over the age of 40 so they've been practicing for a long time and you talked about being comfortable. They're very comfortable in what they do. They're very great perfusions. I've learned a lot from them. But I don't know that, you know, like the future of perfusion, I don't know where it's going. The future of heart surgery, I, I, I don't know. But you would assume the way technology is growing, healthcare is going to go with it. You know, uh, um, I think it's, it always has. I mean, you think about healthcare and where it's come from. You know, cardiac surgery. I mean, it, it's it's you know, as technology is you know evolved, so so is that, and perfusion is is, is a part of cardiac surgery, and so um, it, it's it was tough for our some of our perfusionists, you know, the majority of them, and um, you know they've done a great job. I mean, it's intuitive, but it's not what they're comfortable with. I mean, you know, the SCPC. It is a workhorse, you know, don't mm -hmm. get me wrong. I mean, it's great. I mean, we, we still use it for ECPR and, you know, procedurally in the OR. I mean, it, it, it has its purpose. It's just, it's going to be end of life. And, and it's obsolete. It is. It is, And yeah. it's going to be obsolete because Levanova wants it to be obsolete. I'm very angry with them for this. I love Levanova as an organization, but I think that, I think what they're doing is terribly misguided because I think... I do not like the Protect Duo unless you have an indication for it being right heart failure or right heart insufficient right heart uh, insufficiency. 
I don't think it's a first-line cannula. We don't see a tremendous amount of right heart failure in ECMOs. We did see a little more of it with, uh, with COVID, with the lungs that were just emulsifying and then fibrosing, and we would see that right heart failure problem start to occur. Uh, I don't think Protect Duo would have made one bit of difference in terms of the overall outcome of those particular, that subset of patients. I think the die was cast on them. Uh, but their oxygen, you, know, you have to buy the whole thing. It's obscenely priced. Uh, and I, I think that people are, uh, are, are, are basically profiteering off of this ECMO craze secondary to what we experienced with, with COVID. Do I think we're going to see COVID again or something like that again? And it happens about every 10 years. We saw it with H1N1. That was 2009, 2010. We saw this respiratory virus come up. It may be another 10 years. It may be 15 years. It may be six years. We really don't know. It could be tomorrow. I don't know. I do know I, we need to prepare for it. And I don't think that, um, that not having a simplified reasonably priced platform that people can use um, in places like where I am makes sense. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm very unhappy about it because their oxygenator, as far as I'm concerned, is, is I know they're going to be making changes to it. I'm sure they will. Levanova will likely improve it. But it's still $18,000 for something that I can do for uh, uh, $2,000. And it doesn't, it doesn't change the care of the patient one iota. So it doesn't, it does, doesn't make sense to me. Um, cardio help is kind of the same thing. If you're not going to transport the patient, if you're keeping the patient in-house, you don't need a device that's designed to go on a helicopter. You need a device that's readily available, easy to use, and you know that something that 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 you can teach people to manage and use. Um, that's what I think. That's what I think you need. So you know, it's just you know. It, it, now my point I was going to make though is, how old are you? Uh, I'm 36. 36. Okay, so I can assure you because I remember being you know I've been doing this 43 years now, so I've been doing this longer than you've been alive. You will be. If you choose, if you choose to, if you want to be practicing perfusion when you are my age, you can and you will. So where do I think perfusion is going? It's going nowhere. It's going to continue to evolve like it has over the past 43 years that I've been in it. And it evolved even before then, you know, with, with, with the predecessors to me that trained me to now be doing what I'm doing. So I don't think perfusion is going anywhere. ECMO is not going to go anywhere. And yes, we can advance technology tremendously to be able to do things. But there are restrictions and limitations because we are treating human beings. Those the evolutionary process of humans takes a lot longer than technological advancements and mechanical advancements of the various tools that we use. So we're still going to have to treat a biologic creature that evolves over millennia 
versus what we can advance in technology. And so you're still going to need a blood pump. You're still going to need an artificial lung. You're still going to need circuitry tubing. You're still going to need cannulas because you still have to get in those blood vessels and access this human thing. That isn't going to change in your lifetime. So perfusion isn't going anywhere. That's my answer to that. Yeah, no, I 100% I, I agree. Um, just to wrap things up for you, uh, you know, I, I meet, talked about trash data. There's a lot of cords you know, involved with this just because you got, you know, flow probes, sap probes, you know, analyzer cords, everything's hooked up. Say something becomes unplugged, you know, uh, that's a loss of data or, and or not really a loss of data because uh, you can get it plugged in real, you know, but it, it then it becomes a more of a headache because now that's something else that you have to troubleshoot. You have to figure out what's going on. Mm. Um, if, 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 you know, probes is malfunctioning, whatever, I mean, it's giving you a value that's erroneous. I mean, again, that's more troubleshooting that you would not have to do with, you know, an SCPC or, you know, um, even a Centromac, you know, and the cardio help has the, um, yeah, that, that Venus, um, you know, uh, probe that hooks up onto the the, 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 inlet, the Venus side. Sometimes that can be a little, you know, touch and go with this connectivity, you know. So that, again, I mean, it, that doesn't have a whole lot of, of troubleshooting, but but this because it is so technologically involved, you have a lot more, you know, troubleshooting. If you're unfamiliar with it, you know, and then, and then this is where I've kind of, you know, taken the the the, the lead. So, per se in of our department uh, of trying to learn about you know all, all this stuff that's involved and so that way i don't have to call the rep every other day to say hey what's going on with this um you know yeah but i but i will say i mean yeah as much as i like it it does have its faults i mean don't, don't get me wrong i mean it that, that that's a little bit of a headache you know uh, you know having to to explain some of the stuff They've gone through training, like a brief training on kind of like what it looks like, what to look for, when to call us, you know, when not to call, and all that stuff. But still, I mean, and there's so much data on there. I mean, you know, they, they don't know what to what to record, or they, I mean, they've gotten better about it. But I mean, again, that, that's something else that you're going to have to take on is, you know, like what is important to you, what's not important to you. I mean, it's just it's a there's a lot to do. I mean, overall. You know, to wrap things up, we, we like it. You know, it's a nice, nice little machine. It, it, it gets the job done. And then having that data, if you can understand it and, and kind of have a simplistic mindset about it and not get too complicated, it, yeah, it's, it's great. It's great. But, you know, um, you know, again, the cost, the technology, you know, it, it can work against you, you know, at times. Understood. Joey, listen, man, I, I, I cannot thank you enough for this today. I never thought in my wildest imagination I would meet someone who could talk about a subject so freely, so easily for such a long period of time and uh, really bring in a, uh, a lot of uh, great information. We had some great feedback from online, and I can't thank you enough for this. Uh, it's, it's, it's really appreciated. You, uh, you, 
you definitely uh, represented Matt and uh, Vanderbilt extremely well, and I, I just can't thank you guys enough. I know in your disclosure you mentioned that you, uh, you don't receive compensation from Spectrum, you don't receive compensation from us, and you're doing this to give back. And I think your whole attitude, a lot of the things that you said, not just the, in, the incredible nature of all of the data and information that you shared and experienced, but your outlook on work and life and professionalism and commitment and loyalty and all of that fidelity to your profession um, speaks ex very highly of you. And I am uh, very impressed and I'm grateful that you were kind enough to spend your time with us here this afternoon. Thank you. Absolutely. Anytime, you know, Joe, you guys run a, you know, a great program there. So, you know, um, if there's anything I can do to help, you just let me know. I sure will. And thank you. Thank you, Anthony Joey Lapores from Vanderbilt University. And good luck up in New York. I don't know why the heck anyone would want to go to New York, but <laughs> good luck, okay? Uh, have fun, and I'm sure you'll learn a tremendous uh, amount up there. Maybe that might help you with what you're doing down there. So be safe in New York. It's a crazy city. Don't go getting those, you know, people dressed up in those costumes trying to get you to get your money, get pictures with them. That's a, that's a, that's a scam, so stay away from them. They'll pickpocket you. But we'll, you'll get we'll some do, good Joe. pizza. Thank you. You'll get some good pizza. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. That much I can tell you. You will get good pizza. All right, bye. Bye, Joey. Be safe. And everybody, I'll see you all tomorrow morning, bright and early, for Sim Man. So we haven't named him yet. But uh, you, hey, can you show Sim Man? Take a look at this, Joey. Hold on. David's going to pull it up, if he could do it. You can do it? Yeah, cool. That looks beautiful. There's Sim Man. He's... Cannulated, oh, nice. he's cannulated femoral, uh, femoral arterial, femoral venous, femoral arterial. Um, tomorrow we're going to use this and we're going to uh, be looking at uh, uh, differential hypoxemia. And then we're going to uh, put him on VAV ECMO. And, but we can cannulate him. Uh, the cannulas are all connected internally, so we have all those connections that we make, and then we can measure recirculation. We can do all kinds of stuff. And uh, I don't know, David, can you pan up and like see the ECMO circuit itself? I guess it's to the it's there it goes there. There's the ECMO circuit itself, and then we'll have all of the hemodynamic monitors, the ventilator, everything will be attached. This thing actually has a uh, Foley catheter and uh, in place, and uh, the patient was given methylene blue for tomorrow's simulation, so it's blue, a little too blue in my opinion, and it's got chest tubes and uh, everything else. You can come back to the full to us, uh, Dave, and thank you. And we'll be able to put an SFA line in, we'll show a, an ongoing lactic acidosis, modeled foot, we'll be able to say, okay, this is what the problem is, we give some distal perfusion, they get better, and that sort of resolves, and then it just, they get into ARDS, and we can simulate all of that. You need to come out, after you're finished in New York, which is gonna be an awesome experience, you need to come check out our simulation. Our simulation is really taking hold, and I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to, I've never, uh, you guys are in Houston, I've never been there. Dude, come on. You know what? Maybe we can, you know what? I'd love, 
Tell, don't tell Matt. Matt, if you're watching, forgive me. Dude, if you want to come here, dude, write your ticket, okay? I'll hire you today, okay? I'll hire you right <laughs> now on the spot, all right? We'd love to have somebody like you here. You're incredible. All right, we'll see you all tomorrow. Thank you, Joey. Be safe. Have a great evening. All right, y'all do the same. Thank you. Bye-bye, sir.